Welcome, welcome to another episode of No Soap Radio here on The Sun Show. My name is Sammy Schechter. Thank you for tuning in. Hope to have a fantastic show for you today. A lot of exciting guests for another episode of Everyday Heroes here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Before we uh, before we get started, I just want to let you know what we're going to be talking about today. We focus on uh, find uh, everyday heroes out there in the world who are uh, not really into the spotlight, but still really making a big deal in their own uh, unique sort of way. So we have four unique guests who are all making a difference out there, and I uh, want to spotlight them and talk to them a little bit and see uh, what the, what it is that they specifically do to make their impact. Specifically today, being, being that it was just Purim, we're focusing a little bit on uh, happiness and laughter and smiling and all that fun stuff that I sure hope you're doing right now. And if not, hopefully this uh, this uh, show will change that. So we're focusing on four people specifically who make people smile, even in the toughest of times, and the importance of why it is that people do that and why it's so important to keep people laughing and smiling. I want to dedicate this show to uh, to one, my late grandmother who passed away a few years ago, who always told me, reminded me to smile, she said, Sammy, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. But when you're frowning, the whole world frowns with you. So make sure you're smiling. So, Oma, this one's for you. And in addition to the uh, boys at Sinai High School who just uh, performed their play for the year, Newsies, um, and definitely put a bunch of smiles on people's faces. So a shout-out to the boys at Sinai High School at TABC. You guys did a great job in the play, and this show is for you. Our first guest hails from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who is a lovely individual, someone who I've had the pleasure of being friends with for a little while now. So I want to welcome Orly Libor to the show. Orly Libor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sammy Schechter. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Thank you very That's much. Good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Orly, would you mind just telling the crowd out there of thousands upon thousands of listeners who you are? Uh, sure. Hi, everybody. Um, I am Orly Lewer. I come from Philadelphia, and I am a New York City public school teacher in a high school. Very cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about that high school that you work at? Sure. Um, I teach in what is called an international high school, which means I teach um, all international students, so I do not teach any American students, and they all come from um, impoverished homes in various countries, and um, they then all come to America, mostly seeking better opportunities for themselves and for their families, and um, then they land in my classroom. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And where, where are these people from? Is there um, a lot of, have, from different places or all over? Yeah, from all over. Um, I actually had my first Israeli student this year. Ooh. That was cool. Um, but they come from Yemen, Pakistan, um, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, uh, the Dominican Republic. Um, yeah, they come from all over. <laughs> so what is it? What's your, do they speak English? Do you have a common ground? What's that, what exactly do you teach them? Um, I actually teach English class um, to them, and um, I teach the students who are pretty much fresh off the boat. Um, <laughs> they usually come in the summer or September, October, um, and they come straight into my classroom. Most of them don't know any English yet, so it's a lot of 
acting and hand motions. And um, when you speak louder, I've heard when you speak louder, people understand English better, actually. Um, some people do believe that. Um, Are you here to destroy that myth? I am here to destroy that myth. <laughs> I will actually tell you that when you speak quieter, actually, it usually works better in the classroom because oh. then they all perk up to hear what you're saying. Very, oh, very interesting. It's kind of yeah. the, the opposite of what the world does. Yes. That's yes. pretty cool. So how is it, how do you, how do you do that when no one really speaks English? How do you, uh, and not only do they not speak English, they probably all speak different languages. It's like yes. that whole uh, Tower of Bubble thing. Yes. Um, we have um, in the school an average of 25 to 35 languages spoken. Whoa, I didn't um, know there were that many. Yeah. Our students who come from West Africa um, often speak five languages. Um, uh, none of them English, so, though. None of them English. <laughs> nope, nope, there's no English. Um, so the first few months, a lot of it is getting down the alphabet, honestly, and wow. the sounds of English and learning just how to read basic English. Um, so it almost mimics an elementary school classroom the first few months. And then we get into more advanced stuff, um, like we're doing Shakespeare now. Um, well, really? You go from not speaking English all the way to Shakespeare? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's a lot of fun. They work really, really hard. I, I'm sure they do, and I'm sure they have a lot to learn from their great teacher. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's very cool. So what are you, what are your goals for them? Are they, is it to learn English? Is it to kind of incorporate them into American life or a little of everything? Um, a little bit of both or everything, I guess, actually. Yeah, not just two things. Um, <laughs> one is um, to learn English in terms of being able to function in the United States, so, like, to be able to just speak English to people. Um, the second is to become literate in English so that they can pass exams and go to college and pursue careers that they want to do. Um, and um, part of it is also helping them kind of navigate American culture um, while kind of keeping their own culture, if they want to keep their own culture. Um, so it's a lot of mentoring in terms of um, helping them figure out kind of where they want to be in this new country. Right. Wow. That's, that's, wow. That's a, big, that's a big task at hand. Yeah. And do these people come with families? They come by themselves? How do they get here? Uh, it's a mix. Some students are sent by their families, and they come to school and work at night and send money home to their wow. families back to home countries. Um, some students, their whole families are like, all right, that's <laughs> it. We're going to America. Um, and they're just here with everybody. Um, some students, like, have siblings back at home or one parent back at home. It, it totally depends on the family situation. Wow. And these, what are the ages of these of these kids? Um, so my students specifically range from 16 to 20. So they're an older group. Um, and actually one of the reasons why my school was created in the first place is because originally when these students were coming in, let's say at 17, and they didn't, you know, they need to learn English and um, they need to kind of go through American high school again, they were, putting, they were being put with 14, 15-year-olds in ninth grade and that really wasn't working, right. clearly. So my school was partially established so that we could create these different, we call them years, year one, year two, year three, year four, so that it didn't really matter their age. We kind of lumped the 16, 17, 18-year-olds and, like, 18, 19, 20-year-olds um, as opposed to being with, you know, 14-year-olds in the ninth grade. Right. 
And how long, how many, is there a set year for how many years, set, sorry, set number, for how many years they're there, or it's as long um, as they want? Usually around four to five. Um, our goal is to graduate them from high school in four years, and because it's New York, they have to take regents and everything. Right. So um, the goal is to graduate them, them in five. Some students obviously take five years. Um, it just, it depends on their English language development. It depends on if they're ready um, to take those exams and if they pass and everything. But the goal is four, um, but it, it totally depends on the student. Yeah. So what, what is it that they do afterwards when they do graduate? Um, most um, go to college. Um, All right. Good for them. Yeah. Woo. I live in the American dream. <laughs> um, yeah, most of them go to um, either CUNY or SUNY schools. Um um, there are some of them who have who go to um, private colleges, um, but our college guidance counselor is phenomenal and has basically found very schools that kind of partner with us. So I guess they've become we've become like a feeder school kind of for their. So our they know our students are you know new to the country. They know um, that. Their test scores may not be as great as the average American student, right. um, more because of language than because of how intellectual they are. Um, so most of them go to college. Some of them decide to take a year off and work wow. and then go to college. Um, a lot of it just depends on if they kind of know what they want to do yet. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Where, and where do they live? Do, they find, is there, do you guys take care of that or do they do that on their own? They do that on their own. Um, they all live in the Bronx. The school is in the Bronx. Um, so they all, they pretty much all live within the Kingsbridge, West Bronx area. Okay. You ever consider moving there? Um, no, but um, okay. maybe one day I would think about it. Okay. Likely not. All right. Well, keep your eyes open. I'm sure they'd love to I have will. you. I hear it's an up-and-coming Jewish community over there. You know, I haven't heard that, but um, I'll take a look. Well, Orly, every community needs a Nachshon to jump in and be that first. So that's, maybe that's that could true. be you. Sammy, I'm going to let you scout it out first, and then you can let me know. Okay, I'll let you know. Okay. Perfect. No problem. I'll do that, and uh, I'll get back to you. Perfect. That sounds like a big task at hand, Orly. That's, that's, a, lot, that's a lot to do. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Good. It sounds like good stuff, and you sound like the right person to be doing that good stuff. Aw, thanks. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but um, being the fact that you do work so closely with all these individuals who who need a little uplifting and a little a lot of guidance, um, what do you what can you give um, myself and the listeners out there? What would be one sort of you know not a maybe for a hint per se. But um, one sort of thing that you kind of try to live your life by, both in school and then out of school, and just you're, you're having a huge impact on these kids. And when times are tough or when times are good, what's that one thing that you try to keep in mind that you try to focus on to keep kids smiling and keep kids learning and keep kids inspired and uplifting? Um, maybe something that even people who are not in the, the schooling world that could take uh, take on themselves and you know look in the world and what is one thing they can do to try and make the world a better place? Good question. Um, I thought so. I, <laughs> I would say one thing 
that I try and I, I guess either live by or just remind myself of on a daily basis is never to take myself too seriously. Um, and that, um, you know, meaning I should be able to laugh at myself in whatever situation I'm in. Because um, we, you know, I, we it, all do. What? We all do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I especially think that's important um, for students I teach because sometimes I'll be teaching and, like, I, you know, it'll get increasingly frustrating if someone doesn't understand or, you know, try and get the kids quiet or whatever it is. And then some student will just kind of, like, I don't know, walk in late and, like, walk in dancing. So then <laughs> it's like, instead of getting frustrated, I just start laughing. It's just, you know, because they need to see that it's important to have a good time and to enjoy life and to just be constantly laughing. Because, <laughs> um, you know, otherwise you'll be bogged down by all the frustrating things that, whether small or big, that come with everyday life. So I would say not taking myself too seriously and to find laughter in every situation. That's awesome. I love that. It's true. You know what? There's no reason that people can't walk around in costumes, not just on Purim, but every day of the week. Exactly. That's my logic. Exactly. So tell you what, I'll check out the Bronx for you. I'll start that, and you start the whole costume thing, and then uh, we'll Deal. see what happens. Deal. That's really awesome, though, Orly. You're doing really awesome stuff, and you're making people smile both in school, out of school, and whoever's listening right now. Thanks. So keep up that good work. Orly, thank you so much for taking the time to call. Um, I really appreciate it, and I'm going to take that to heart. You know, never take yourself too seriously and uh, try to laugh and smile a little bit more than I have been. Sounds good. Thanks so, for having me on the show, no Sammy. No problem, Orly. And anything else that's going on exciting in your life that you want to share with anyone? Uh, <laughs> life is great. Life is great. Life is great. All right. Awesome. Orly, thank you again so much. And I'm looking forward to smiling and laughing more often because of you. Thanks, Sammy. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was Orly Liebhor. Thank you very much, Orly. That was really cool. She's doing a lot of cool stuff that um, I'm sure not many people can do. So it takes a lot of patience, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, excitement on her part, and a lot of positivity that she definitely has. Our next guest, who uh, hails from uh, Chicago, Illinois, um, so we're moving out of Pennsylvania and heading west, right? West, yes, west, um, is a uh, good friend of mine who uh, lot, have a lot of good times together, and it's really uh, always a great to spend time with him and the king of laughs, in my humble opinion. So I want to welcome Ellie Leibowitz to the show. Ellie, are you there? I am. Hi, Sammy. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? How are things? Things are good. Um, thanks for having me. No problem. I really, I really, I really didn't do too much. I just gave you the phone number, and you took care of that. <laughs> so, Ellie, can you can you tell the world a little bit about yourself? Sure. As you said, uh, I'm from Chicago, which is west of Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, <laughs> I graduated YU about four years ago. Um, when I started YU, I started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, it, they have a, every year YU has a Hask like fundraiser, like a Camp Hask fundraiser like comedy contest. So when I was in YU, I started doing that, and that's how I got started doing comedy. Uh, I so I've been doing comedy for about six years. Uh, I also worked as the improv comedy person at Camp Stone for a couple summers, 
And I did improv. I did. Uh, I worked as a vendor at Wrigley Field in Chicago for like seven years. And that was a uh, comedy related. Well, I guess the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs are kind of funny in themselves. Yeah, the Dodgers have won so much. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. Well, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan. My dad's from Chicago, so uh, I'm in the same. Well, I mean, I I say that like you know, there's a Gemara that says you get asked six questions and you go up to Shemayim, and one of them is. Are you anticipating Mashiach's arrival? I'm going to say, yeah, I was a Cubs fan. So. <laughs> I, have, I already have an answer. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, working as a vendor was great because I got to just like talk to people. and just, for, oh, My job was working at a baseball game. It was amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And as a Cubs, uh, as a Cubs vendor, you probably had to uh, you know, excite the fans a little bit on your own. Well, I, I did the, um, you know, the Harry Carey, Will Ferrell thing at SNL. I don't know if you know it. I don't, but, but I'll look it up. Okay, well, anyone that doesn't know it is going to think I'm so weird, but I would do this impression. It's basically Will Ferrell did that. It's not Harry Carey. Harry Carey, the Cubs announcer. And you'd just be like, you know, hey, we have hot dogs. Who wants to get crazy? Come on. <laughs> and people, but people were so into it, and I would just, like, have fun. And Harry Carey, this old announcer, would just, like, you know, when he got, he got bored or drunk, you would just, like, spell people's <laughs> names, and he'd be like, Steve Traxel, spell backwards. Let Traxel So it and sounds like you and the Cubs have a lot in common. You're always term- making light out of the situation. Uh, yeah, even if, you're in the, even if you're the last in the division or the <laughs> National League. But they're consistent. But yes, they are consistent. They are. Hey, well, Back to the Future predicts 2015 to be the year. So, uh, well, let's see what happens. And if you know if it does happen, then we're gonna come back to this show and say, "Hey, we called it, not first, but we were there." <laughs> we were there. So, yeah. Elliot, you're a big uh, you're a big comedy guy and a big um, advocate on you know laughs and enjoying life. And can you tell us a little bit about that, about uh, your beliefs and the importance of comedy and the beliefs of uh, enjoying life? Well, I I mean, comedy is one of those things you know kind of came naturally to me, being like. You know, people would read the class clown. I didn't think I was in the story of the class clown, but, you know, I was always the kid, you know, on my report cards that always said, like, oh, he's a good kid, but he has to learn how to, like, when to shut up. <laughs> and, like, you know, I learned to make some uh, semi-living out of it, so of not shutting up. So, uh, <laughs> but, I no, I, I think that there's a lot, there's, like, the, I don't think anybody would ever say that there's too much happiness in the world and too much laughter in the world, that anything in the world is too serious all the time. And Jews for sure need more laughter. I mean, um, just in terms of like all the, like, you know, all the stuff that's happening, you know, all the stuff that happens all the time is just like, it's a way to, I don't know. First of all, I find comedy to be, uh, if you make somebody laugh immediately, um, it's just a way to, you know, relate to someone. If, you know, going in not knowing anyone, if you make somebody laugh, automatically they have a you know an affinity toward you. Absolutely, and yeah. You can make some sort of connection, and I I really believe that that's like really the way to to break a lot break down a lot of barriers. Right, absolutely. And the important, you know, do you ever find um, that you see a situation that needs a little comedy? Do you ever feel like uh, stepping in and fixing that? You know, giving them that extra smile, extra laugh. Well, I, I mean, I think sometimes when I'll see somebody, you know, like overtly sad or something, like I think that, you know, I'll like try to cheer them up or at least ask them about like, you know, ask them how they're doing, more just like to be as a person. And I think, I mean, the way I relate to people is by, by making them laugh. And, you know, there, I think there is just everybody appreciates, 
everybody appreciates it, like, being able to laugh. And if it's something that you, you know, thank God I have the, you know, I'm more more natural at it than some other people and that I have the, uh, you know, it is a God-given ability to some extent, which makes me sound super haughty but also humble at the same time. Uh, you're, you're nailing it. Keep going. Um, not so that, you know, if you make somebody laugh, you can really completely change. There was a time when I was, like, feeling bad about myself, and I, 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 I told my, my friend, I was talking to my friend, and he said, you have no idea. When you go up to, you know, like, the way you made me feel better was he said, when you go up to, you know, after, after 120 years or whatever, and you go up to Shemayim, God, you're going to, like, expect this, like, like it's like medium medium prize or whatever, you know, <laughs> of reward, and you're going to get this huge thing, and you're, like, and you're like, why do I deserve this? And they're like, well, you made that person feel better. You made that person feel better. Like, that completely, first of all, I was like, oh, I'm just an idiot telling wisecracks at comedy clubs or, why, you know, or interrupting <laughs> people when they try to tell stories. But, or... Um, but that that really changed my viewpoint of how you can really like there are people who their natural inclination is not to be happy and if you can kind of make, uh, affect someone's mood for the positive that's such a power yeah that it, it's true that, and I feel like you know sometimes people are people are scared to laugh people are scared to smile and they feel like the need to you know you're in a bad mood you know I can't talk to anyone I have to stay in this bad mood and ride this out until it's done people are you know, sometimes nervous to leave that. And, uh, you know, comedy really does, like you said, you can really change someone's day and flip that around. You know, kind of make a jo- make a little bit of a light out of, light out of the out of the matter. Um, well, oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, comedy is the, is the built up, like a lot of comedians will tell you that it's like building up tension and then releasing that tension that, you know, this like inherently awkward situations are funny uh, because they're so awkward, and it's like Monty Python is perfect because it's like, oh, you know, you know, here's really proper people acting ridiculous, right? Ridiculously. like, you know, elevators or subways are classic scenarios where people are just like super serious. Oh my just, gosh! You know, it's like an oh, unspoken rule oh, that you yeah, can't you look at anyone. Yeah, you're not even allowed to make eye contact with people or talk, and then, uh, you know, if somebody, God forbid, somebody talks to another person on the subway or the elevator, and it's just like. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What's that guy doing? Is he crazy?" Did you not read the rule book? Yeah, seriously. Um, no, but it's interesting. Like, I think that people try to be, like you say, people try to be serious because you know life is just serious, and like when you get older, you just like have these responsibilities. And uh, you know, C. Hammett. I don't know if you um, if you had him on the show, or uh, he's also like somebody who you know he uh, he said he posted on Facebook, uh, you know, a George Bernard Shaw quote. Like, I really stuck with me. It says, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Oh. And that's, like, really, you know, it's a good Huffet time play on words type of thing. <laughs> um, but it's also, like, really profound that, you're, you know, happiness is all about your perception of things. Like, you know, because I do in comedy, every bad situation can be morphed into potential material. And, you know, a comedian, another comedian will also tell you that, you know, Comedy is a tragedy plus time, and that right. you know, uh, in eighth grade I broke my femur. Um, oh, sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay now. Um, <laughs> I still walk weird, but it's okay. Um, but you know, the, uh, you know that at the time it was like the most like physically painful thing ever. But you know, now I learned how to tell that story in like you know a humorous way. That uh, a, a humorous it, way. 
Yeah, just just to, because you know what, I've gotten over it, and you you grow because of it. If you can turn these things into cathartic lessons, um, any any bad scenario, any terrible job interview, any bad date, any any weird you know occurrence in your life is potential material that you can just shape into you know great stories. You're absolutely right, and you know, every, yeah, everyone's been, especially now. I feel like the word awkward is awkward. Oh, it's so oh. awkward. Well, it's also just overused, I think. Um, a lot of people say, like, oh, that's awkward. You know, like, no, it's not. It's not, it's not awkward. <laughs> I, I used it myself, but... Uh, <laughs> well, like, you know you know the thing we like to do, the uh, awkward moments in Tanakh. I, I don't know. If, um, I, for those of you that don't know, me and Sammy have, like, I try to make a joke about the Parsha every week on Facebook, and, uh, you know, some Parsha are harder than others. We're about to get in Vayikra, which is going to be really tough. <laughs> But, you know, you asked me earlier this week, you said, what, what can you talk about for Vayakhel? And I said, I don't know, but the way I was thinking about it was, like, didn't we just do the Mishkan, like, two weeks ago? <laughs> well, you uh, know, us. We, need, we need a little we need explanations over and over again, just to make sure we get it right. I guess so. I mean, we're going to be like, oh, nobody was paying attention to those Parsios, so I guess we're going to have to, you know, I <laughs> this, this might be heretical, but I feel like Truman is a little bit like, reads a little bit like Ikea instructions. Uh, <laughs> No, but you know, it's 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 fun to take something. You know, the Torah, I think, you know, is a is a holy book, and I believe that. It doesn't mean though that, like, you know, the, the Abbots and and you know, they were people. And like I said, I'm sure it was super awkward and actually awkward when you know Yaakov and Asa are trying to kill each other. When uh, Asa is going to try to kill Yaakov, and then all of a sudden they kiss and make up, and Asa has Yaakov has to introduce Asa to his whole family. <laughs> and he says, uh, you know, kids, this is your Uncle Asaph and his 400 friends. <laughs> and Asaph was the unrelatable uncle who can't be like, uh, he's like, uh, so you guys like hunting? <laughs> you know, lady turns to Shimon and says, man, our family is so weird. <laughs> like, the way I was thinking, it was like, wow, this family, like, you know, love on their, gra- their uh, grandfather or uh, great uncle. Sorry, yeah, grandfather's trying to kill... Trying to are trying to like you know go after them. Everybody in their family. Is, <laughs> I don't know. Bracious is is a, is a good yeah, one. It, you know, it's like you know, they didn't have TV back then, so you know everyone was a sitcom. Pretty much, probably. So that's uh, awesome, Ellie. That's great. So before I let you go, um, I just want to ask you uh, another question um, about uh, the importance of laughter and the importance of comedy. Um, and what's you? You mentioned a few things, but just what, what's one thing that you know you try to live your life by, um, and try to every day look out for to try to make your unique and important uh, impact on the world. That's a tough one. Uh, I, I phone a friend. I uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I just try to look at you know the humor in. In everything, if I mean, if possible, to I mean, I to limit to some limits, but I really think you know, like I said, Yitzchak. I I, I was saying how um, you know Yitzchak is the first person to be born Jewish in the Torah, and his name comes from laughter. I mean, I think that we take right. you know, and cool. I, I think we take the word sa'ak, which means cry out, and we change it to a chet for laughter. And if you're a kemani, it's the same exact thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I, as a as a as a general thing, I think the world could be inherently funny if you have the right. Everything can be funny if you have the right perspective on it, and it, and it can really completely. People can go through the same exact experience. One person can have an awful time. One person can have a great time, and it's just 
if you're gonna, you know, you know, the people with their, you know, folded arms and the, you know, the frowny face, uh, if you're having that disposition, you're going to have a bad time in everything you do. Yeah. But if you, you know, it sounds very much like the yeah, movie Yes Man or something with Jim Carrey, where it's like, if you start having, you know, be more open and more, you know, enlightened and just like happier by your own choosing, um, then you will be happier and you will have a more like laughter in your life. You nailed that. You're absolutely right. And you, Ellie, I know from personal experience, uh, spending time with you and hearing all of your awesome stories, you definitely have that impact on people, making people smile, reminding them that, you know what, life can be fun, life can be funny, and if we laugh at ourselves, we laugh at each other, things can be all right. All so, right. Yeah. Ellie, I really appreciate you taking out the time to talk to us, um, and uh, keep us posted on any uh, any other uh, enlightenment that you have on the world. Sure. Can I, can I do one last plug, I guess? Please, plug away. I, 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 as a stand-up comedian who prides myself on being clean and funny, I, I'm performing on a few Pesach programs, the one in Florida, Niagara Falls, and the Catfields. But uh, if you would like to have me come to your store, <laughs> but, oh, God, this is so salesy. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Ellie Leibowitz, or Leibowitz at gmail.com. You just got to spell it, L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z, at gmail.com. Yeah, don't let that autocorrect fool you. Well, I said when my grandparents got to Hollis Island, they're like, are you sure you want to spell your name L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z? And my grandparents probably said, yeah, it's fine. Worst case scenario, our grandson doesn't get a couple emails. <laughs> well, I hope uh, I hope that time caught up with you and you uh, figured out who's been trying to contact you. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Al, thanks again and looking forward to uh, hearing more great things from you. All right, thanks, Sammy. All righty. All right, good night. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a quick song, an original song by mine, um, following the footsteps of, you know, looking at the bright side of life and smiling to things. You know, sometimes you just got to say amen. Ladies and gentlemen, say amen. I'm in the bacon set and I'm ready to pray. Baruch she'amar shma'en Shimona Esrei I knew it's something special When I say your name When I say your name Now I can't wait to say Amen Amen Shachrim in Chabenching And Mariv and I She answers, Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo. Next time a bracha said, Keep her up on my head, my heart can't rest till then. Whoa, whoa, I, I can't wait to say amen. I got this great amuna deep inside. Deep inside. When we say Gedusha standing like angels up high. Kodesh, but I'm seeing the signs, the signs that 
we can't wait to say I The last time we ain't prayed, terrible time ever Bitch was covered on cause that is what my Remy said We're all ready to go, chef Hanu Michelo My best friend Moishi answers for a Kobaro Shimo Next time a Broca said, keep her up on my head My heart can't rest till then, whoa, whoa I, I can't wait to say Amen. An original, a personal favorite of mine. Yes, I'm biased, but hey, it's my show. For our next guest, we actually had a uh, little bit of a spoiler with Ellie. Ellie uh, gave a little shout out to Tzvi Hammetz, who happens to just be our next guest. So, um, which is kind of funny. Wasn't planned. Promise. Scouts on it. Wasn't planned. But I'd like to welcome Tzvi Hammetz to the show. Tzvi Hammetz, how you doing? I'm wonderful, Sammy. How are you? I'm well. I I was decent. Now I'm wonderful. You're always wonderful. Come on. Oh, okay, please. There are listeners. We'll, we'll talk later, please. <laughs> later, later. All right. Speed, can you tell the world a little bit about yourself? Not too much because, you know, those those laws and those restraining orders, so just don't, you know. Uh, of course, of course. Not going to divulge too much. Um, my name is Tzvianis. I live in uh, beautiful, sunny California, Los Angeles. Which is west Pacific. of Chicago and Pennsylvania. The, very, very west, yeah. For all those uh, East Coasters who... I think the map ends with New Jersey or uh, Pennsylvania. Nope, it keeps going. <laughs> I live on the other side um, in Los Angeles. I am already at uh, Mamari's Academy in Los Angeles, California, teaching fourth grade. Fourth grade. That was one of my best years. Best three years of my life. Yeah, I was, I was there at least three, Sandy. Come on. <laughs> so what exactly do you teach there, see? I teach Judaic studies of Chumash, Navi, Halakha, um, you know, anything Jewishly related falls under my category. That's pretty cool. And as much as, as formal as your education is, rumors have it that you're, you're a little different than most teachers. You, uh, you got some creativity up your sleeves at all times. Uh, yeah, I, I do, I do try to, to bring a lot of creative elements into, uh, my classroom. When I was at, uh, Yeshiva University, I studied psychology of education, and I also studied architecture. Because, you know, I, I couldn't scratch that, that artistic itch. So I, I like to bring a lot of that creativity into the classroom. That's very cool. And uh, can you give us any examples of kind of funky things you've done or funny things kids have uh, learned from you? Well, today, today we actually invented a new game. That, Did that you? Was a lot of fun. Would you um, like to plug your game? It, it, it's a simple game called Did You Know? And essentially... You know, the kids are going to try and stump me with information, and then I'm going to try and stump them. So they were working really hard. We were working through really some difficult psukim in, in Bereshit today. And, you know, we decided that we were going to reward the kids with a break. So we played this game 
where they would say, did you know? And then say something like, did you know penguins have an organ above their eye that converts seawater to fresh water? And then I would say, is that true? Yes or no? And if I said yes, I got a point. If I said no, the students would get a point. But then I would be able to rebuttal. I'd say, well, did you know? And then say the fact, like, you know, Levin had more than two daughters, say some opinions. And we'd be like, what? And, <laughs> and we would play that game. But it didn't have to be Torah. It's like the sprinkle Torah in. Did you win? Um, actually, we left the other side. You what? We left the other side. Educators uh, know a lot of stuff, Sammy. They do know a lot of stuff. That's why they created the game. Do you, are you smarter than a fifth, yeah. gra- fifth grader because fourth graders know too much and the show would yeah. not go well? You know, and, and they know a lot, of, a lot of different things. One kid was telling me, he's like, did you know how many bricks there are in Minecraft? And I'm like, I don't know what Minecraft is. <laughs> and, and, and he just looked at me and goes, so then that's a no? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a no. You win. <laughs> Those fourth graders. Yeah. There's little bodies, but so much information. So, so much information. So, Tavi, you're also known to, um, for lack of a better term, tie-dye the world with your own color, if you will. Uh, it certainly is something I'm, I'm known for. Um, I've been known by a couple of names throughout college, um, one being the tie-dye Rebbe, and the other the snowflake Rebbe. The snow- what does that mean, the snowflake Rebbe? I, I did once... Um, Gorilla decorate the one you hiked lounge with over 460 paper snowflakes. And were any of them alike? Um, not one of them were alike. That's crazy. But what? So that's crazy. What? How did you come up with yeah, that idea? So my favorite part of the the snowflake uh, I have to call it an escapade was really <laughs> um, a student and somebody who was actually working with me at NCSY brought the brought, he brought his parents by. To, to meet, you know, the snowflake Arabo. And they sat down and made snowflakes. That's odd. Did you give them, did you give them a bracha? I, I gave them a bracha that their son should, you know, grow and, and become a, a master of, of, of things. Oh, that's, 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 that's real, that's real deep, Rebbe. Yeah, real deep. Um, I saw them last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, oh, look at that. Look at that. The Rebbe makes his rounds. So what if someone came to you and said, Rebbe, Rebbe, Snowflake Rebbe, I don't know how to make a snowflake. I, I, you know, I'd show them, I'd give them a pair of scissors. I'd show them how to cut. <laughs> why, why are they cutting their scissors? Not, not scissors, a pair of scissors. Oh, a pair of scissors. I'm sorry, I can't hear. <laughs> yeah, a... yeah, no, we're not, we're not cutting scissors. Oh, don't cut scissors, don't cut scissors. Cut, cut papers and make snowflakes. Well, I don't know exactly. if you know, Tzvi, that back in Los Angeles, there you probably haven't gotten much snow, but here on the East Coast, we've gotten plenty of snow. Yeah, you know, the truth is, um, every now and then when it's snowing in New York, I, I'm still a little homesick from, from the snow. I miss it. So uh, one day while the kids were taking a test, I put up on the board a, uh, like a three-and-a-half-hour time-lapse of just snow falling. <laughs> and I put it up in the classroom, and I'm just like, guys, this is what you're missing. And half the class was super excited, and the other half of the class looked at me like, why would you ever? Why would you ever <laughs> want to do that? Are you insane? Did it's you... cold. <laughs> Did you watch the whole three-and-a-half-hour time lapse? No, I, I can't give fourth grade a three-and-a-half-hour test. They'd kill me. <laughs> they, would, they would freak out. That's, that's, that's incredible. Svi, you, you have a uh, unique, and I use the unique on purpose, um, ability to... 
make people smile. And not only do you have that ability, but you use it really well. Um, can you can you give us a little bit of you know pointers of the life and times of the snowflake or Rebbe Tzvi Hamitz of the important? Why is it so important to make people smile and to make snowflakes and to tie dye their tzitzis or to play chess while wearing party hats and clown noses? These these are three of my favorite things. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that the real the real essence of life, you know, is even do et Hashem b'simcha. You know, we, we were commanded to serve Hashem with with joy and, and in simcha. We were we were discussing the other day, you know, some of my kids asked about Rachel Imenu. They said, you know, what if she wasn't happy when she gave Leah, you know, the the signs, the simanim under under the chuppah to, to marry Yaakov? And I said, how could you think she wasn't happy? She was doing a mitzvah, and she was helping her, her, her sister. I said, the whole point was to be happy. Um, and, and I just think, you know, people, people a lot of the time have this rough exterior, and, and you just, you got to shoot them a, a smile, make a small joke, they, they love it. You know, every morning when, the, when students are walking into the building, uh, there's, I have to greet them with a joke. i got to either mess with them. I go, hey, hey, you, what are you doing? And they look at me like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and the, the first couple of times, I think, you know, because they didn't know me, I was new in school, the, the kids were like, oh, my God, this, this guy is insane. <laughs> and, and they uh, were correct. Right, which isn't totally, uh, you know, off off beat. But um, now, you know, kids, if they don't see me doing that, they come to my class and they're like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Tzvi, you have your own way of doing things, and the world loves it. I don't know about the world, but hopefully my boss is listening. I hope so. I'm sure they are, because I don't see why else they wouldn't be. But, um, Tzvi, if, um, you, could yeah. gi- if you could give, um, I'm sure there's a lot goes on in your head, and many times, and I think that's what makes you so special, um, <laughs> that, uh, for more reasons than one. But, um, can you, do you think you have some sort of tip or, um, Advice to give to the um, to the listeners out there. Um, of what's what kind of perspective do you have on life? The one kind of thing that you keep in mind at all times, um, or try to at least to you know guide your giving to the world. Um, and what what kind of things do you think about and focus on um, to try and make your impact so strong? I I find that most of the time, you know, I'm, I'm quick to make a joke. I'm, I'm quick to make people smile and feel good. But most of the time, probably like 95% of the time, most people just, they need someone to listen to them. They just, and that, that gives people a simcha, and you feel it. You know, when you, when you know you're giving someone your undivided attention, and you're saying, okay, this, this security guard wants to say something to me, this, this guy needs to share something with me, or, or this, you know, this other person just needs to, they want to connect with me, it's something that I think is really important. It's something that I like to, to, to really give over to my students today, you know, we were we had a little conflict on the yard. Two, a girl was accidentally hit in the head with a basketball. Was it you? And it wasn't me. Okay, good. <laughs> I was on the other side, and and they were the one girl thought, oh, she did it on purpose, and the other girl was like, no, I didn't do it. And and I said, you know what? Stop for a second. Slow down. You just have to listen to each other for and, and hear what you're saying, because if you if you stop and listen, you'll see you're both. You're both still friends. It was a mistake. 
and you just want and, and I look at them like they'll hug and they look at me like do we have to I'm like no but it helps <laughs> and they're like oh, oh okay and they hugged and they started laughing hysterically in my face <laughs> that's amazing to see that's you know you know, those two girls I'm calling you heard it right now I'm calling it now they're going to be one's going to be a politician and the other's going to be a uh, worker in the shook. Uh, okay, good, good. That's my call. Right, I'm sticking with it. Good. Well, it's, you know, it might not be a crazy call. We'll see what happens. We'll have you back on the show in a few years. Done. All right, Svee, thank you so much. As always, so great speaking with you, and uh, I'm so happy the world got to uh, see you and hear you. Maybe not see, but hear you. Okay. Um, and your excitement on life and uh, the importance of laughter and happiness in the world. So thank you so you much. Sammy, they say I have a perfect radio face. I, we'll keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks so much again. Bye, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Anytime. Bye. Ah. All right. We're going to take another quick break and listen to another quick original song. This one is called Israel. We're making Aliyah today. Welcome to the land of honey and milk Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the television sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems to enjoy me My tummy's turning cause I had a bad shawarma Two more tina and hummus That's when the taxi man turned on the radio And a portion of she was on and the Pasha, she was on And the Pasha, she was on So I put my hands up We're finally here And the butterflies fly away Nodding in my head like yeah Shuckling like yeah I got my hands up We all moved on We saw this here Tuesday Yeah We're making Aliyah today Yeah We're making Aliyah today as a place we all should be Every Jew from around the world The first Aliyah from Syria And every Russian boy and girl Thinking Poland and Hungary Post-Holocaust from Germany Then the group from Yemen Ethiopian men and women My tummy's turning cause I had a bad trauma Too much Tina and Hummus That's when my Rebbe gave my favorite schmooze And the Moser she was on and the buster she was on, and the buster she was on. So I put my hands up, we're finally here, and the butterflies fly away. Nodding my head like yeah, chuckling like yeah. And I got my hands up, we all moved home, mommy's soil is here to stay. Yeah, we're making Aliyah today. Yeah, we're making Aliyah today. Like I've been on the flight mm, Back to my homeland tonight Nefesh, but nefesh, way up high Alona, ale, amisroel, chai So I put my hands up, we're finally here The butterflies fly away 
This time we started in Pennsylvania, headed to Chicago, to LA. We're gonna come back down to sunny Florida. We have our next guest. I'd like to welcome Kira Dennis to the show. Kina, Kira, how are you? Hi. No pressure being the last one or anything. Oh, so much pressure. So much yeah. pressure. You ever watch baseball? The closers are the biggest. Just kidding. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. Just like we practiced. Oh, I'm shifting. Okay, great. Kira, welcome. So glad you can make it here. Do you want to tell the world a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Kira. I recently just landed off the plane from Israel, studying at Midrashat Moriah for the year. I'm going to Barnard next year, hopefully, and I live in Hollywood, Florida, and hopefully Israel one day. All right, I'm in. I'm in, just like the song we just played. Very cool, Kira. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're studying over there, the things you're doing at Midrashat Moriah? How's it been so far? It's amazing, an experience I would recommend to anybody. Um, Anybody. We take a variety of classes throughout the day, anywhere from Tanakh to Halacha to any kind of Jewish philosophy, really anything you're feeling or interested in, which is really nice. There's a lot of variety in terms of options, so it's really amazing. Personally, I'm really into Tanakh, so I take a lot of that. It's a good book. I've read it. It's a good book. All 24 are really solid, actually. (laughs) Bestseller for years. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so that's it. It's really amazing. That's awesome. And you're here uh, back in the States just for uh, for a little bit. We caught you perfect timing that you could be on the show. Yeah. My sister happens to be getting married on oh, Sunday. Oh, so. Mazel Tov. Shout out to Talia thank Dennis. You, thank you. Mazel Tov on your yeah. wedding. Very exciting. So I'm here for a little bit, but going right back. I. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And uh, aside from the... Judaic, obviously the learning in the Beit Midrash. Um, what about outside the Beit Midrash? Is there anything you spend your time doing over there in Israel, Midrash Moriah? So it might sound a little bizarre, but my favorite thing to do is to be in the Rova on a Monday or a Thursday. All right, because what's Monday so or Thursday? So many boys put on tefillin or are reading like from the Torah at the hotel, and People are just dancing and singing in the Rova. It's literally the most amazing thing to watch. That's awesome. It's Good amazing. Because most people despise Monday, Thursdays for that long talk noon. But it's all about, this show is all about looking at the positives and laughing and smiling at life. That's the plan. It's really so much fun to watch. That's really And then sometimes cool. I join in when I'm not feeling shy. On the boy side? No. Oh, just, just make it sure. Just make it sure. <laughs> Very cool. And um, are there any other volunteer opportunities over there that you take part in? So I actually, every Wednesday, teach Zumba, um, which is like a type of Latin-style dance, in Ramat Shlomo at an orphanage called Kfar Yaladim David. It's not really an orphanage, more like a Beit Hayalad. 
Um, so I teach Zumba there. Then I help the kids with their English homework. We go to the park. We hang out. It's really like such an incredible place. That's I so am cool. like so thankful that I'm involved. How did you get involved? So it happens to be that my mom's best friend actually grew up there. Oh, wow. So when I came to Israel, they called me and they were like, we'd love for you to come see our institution, what we do. And I came in that first day and it happened to have been my birthday week and they had a huge setup. When's your birthday? Friends. Happy birthday, Kira. November 9th. All right. You hear that, everyone. November 9th. Mark your calendars. Nobody forget. <laughs> Um, and they had a huge sign that said, happy birthday, Kira, and oh, balloons nice. and goodie bags. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so staying here. This is so fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So what kind of stuff? Moral of the story, yeah. I can be bribed with candy. All right. Noted. Noted. <laughs> Very cool. So so you do that once a week, and you, you said you help them with homework and do Zumba with them? Yeah, most of them do not speak a word of English. So oh, so how do you – how's your Hebrew? Thankfully, I can converse with them. You know, obviously we play a little bit of like hand dialogue. By a little bit, I mean a lot, but that's okay. Would you like us to do the rest of the interview in Hebrew? I would really appreciate that. Okay, Mitsuyan, yala. It's actually funny, Kira. <laughs> Our first guest taught us that contrary to popular belief, most people think that if you speak louder, people will understand. She said... Or slower. That, that's exactly what she said, slower and quieter. Because people want to listen. That's so funny. Bookends to our show, ladies and gentlemen. Not planned either. Would so, you look at that? Yeah, it's crazy. So how old are these kids that you work with? So the kids range anywhere from around 5 to 18. Um, the program has different kinds of accommodations for each kid. So some kids only come after school until bedtime. Um, some kids just come twice a week. So I work with the kids who, they're called, they live in the Pimia, which is, they're, they're like residents of the Beit Hayelad. So I only work with like 20 out of the hundreds that are there. So the ones that I work with are about 7 to 18. Wow. And these are, what's their, what's their background like? What's their family life like? So most of them come from houses that just experience a lot of instability, whether it's drug abuse or regular abuse or Unstable homes in general. So, Kfar Yaladim just provides them with hot meals, a hot shower, you know, a very, really like, loving environment. You should see when these kids, like, get a good grade on their test, it's as if they won the lottery. <laughs> their Madrichot are, like, elated. It's amazing. That's so great. And you, it's as. Such a powerful lesson. That, that is a powerful I'm going to write that one down. And you, as <laughs> someone who, do you feel uh, you have to up your game, or this is your natural happiness and excitement is contagious enough? I think that, thankfully, I really, like, found my niche at such a young age. Like, I go there and I feel at home. I love it. That's awesome. It's just comfortable and relaxing, and they're just so happy, and it's, like, so impressive. I'm sure they love you, too. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> That's really cool. So what is it? Do you, do you have, are all days that positive, or do you find yourself having to give yourself chizuk a little bit? Or are they the ones that give you chizuk? Oh, my God, they definitely give me – I swear, it's crazy. They'll, like, tell me about their life, and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. And they'll be like, oh, what do you mean? Like, life is amazing. Thank God. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the next time I miss a bus, I'm going to smile about it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we, we, should all, we should all give that a try. Yeah, literally. So, speaking, really, speaking if you're looking it. for some inspiration, head on over to Ramat Slomo. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I hope to be there soon. But, unfortunately, right now, I think the commute is too long. But – uh. Maybe I'll catch you next week then. 
Sounds good. <laughs> so, Kira, I know you're super busy with doing so many different things, and you're such a sense of simcha and hap- and joy to the world, um, as I know and your family knows. Um, but the rest of the listeners don't necessarily know. Um, so, if you had to give you know a piece of advice or a little word of guidance um, to all our listeners out there, um, what is something that you try to focus on throughout your day um, to you know? be it a goal or some sort of thing that you kind of look at and say, this is what I want to do, this is important, I'm going to really try to accomplish that to, you know, try to make my impact on the world. Okay, so there are two things that I definitely keep in mind. One, actually, I learned from a friend. She has this exercise. Shout out to Talia Mammon. You're amazing. Um, (laughs) She has this exercise where every night you have to text somebody, have a great night, like I hope your day was amazing, and it has to be someone that you don't normally talk to. That's awesome. And it really lends itself to a mindset of, A, stepping out of your comfort zone to make someone else feel better and just acknowledging people who aren't necessarily a part of your daily routine life. And it's really, like, it's created such a better mindset for me and my friends and people who have decided to participate in it. That's one thing. That's very And cool. the other thing is find something that you that makes you jump out of bed in the morning. Because if I hadn't found the orphanage or another organization that I'm involved with in America... I don't necessarily know that my day would be filled with as much motivation and happiness and excitement. But when you find something that you're so excited about and it just, like, forces you to, like, get up in the morning and be like, I am so pumped to do this, I think that that's such an amazing asset to your day in your life. That's really awesome. Look look for this because there is there. You think there's nothing there, but there's so much to be excited about, um, and that's what you need to do. You're absolutely right, Kira. That's awesome, awesome advice. Well, Kira, I really appreciate you taking out the time and your busy, I'm sure, hectic schedule over there getting ready for your sister's wedding. So it's your family. The, mu- the musician's actually here right now. I'm hidden in, like, a tiny, tiny part of the house that <laughs> nobody can hear. That's so funny. Good. Well, you can tell him that he is number two biggest show this evening at your house, and you're number one. I don't know if I'll appreciate that so much, but I will pass on the message. <laughs> All right, Kira. Well, shout out to the whole Dennis family out there, my own uh kind of cousins, um, the whole Dennis family, Mazal Tov, to you guys. And um, Kira, thanks for, thanks for taking the time out, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more awesome things. Thank you so much for having me. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, that, uh, Kira, as our final guest, uh, ends our show for the day. Uh, we had some really awesome people here. I hope you guys enjoyed spending time with them just like I did. We started off with Orly, um, who works at an incredible school with people from all over the world uh, coming to America and teaching them uh, how to live their lives, um, bringing smiles to them. She taught us, you know, never to take yourself too seriously and to always, you know, keep a smile on. And then we spoke to Ellie Leibowitz, a comedian, who uh, says, you know, life can be funny. It's okay to, to laugh at life and to always look at the at life in the right perspective. Um, we talk, We spoke to Tzvi, who's just, just a tie-dye ball of happiness um, and just talking to him always makes me smile, and uh, he taught us to, you know, keep positive and keep going. And we spoke to Kira, who gives her time, you know, always looking looking for the excitement in the world. And we learned a lot from everyone here today, and uh, all these people are incredible, incredible role models of mine. And uh, they taught me, they teach me, they keep me smiling, and I hope they keep you smiling too. Thank you guys again, and I'm looking forward to next time. Keep smiling, and make the world a happy place.